Welcome to Newsworthy with Norrisworthy. Get ready for some awesome. All right, friends, before we get into it, let me tell you about our friends at the National Conference on Youth Ministries. This is a conference put on by youth ministers for youth ministers. The conference is coming up very quickly, January 4th through 7th in Colorado Springs. You're going to enjoy it. Go to ncym.org for more information. And don't forget to check out their Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook each day this month to learn about different conference teachers and what they'll be teaching you so you can start choosing your classes to attend NCYM 2016. All right. Now, our old friend back on the show. Here he is. All right, friends, welcome back to the show. Today we've got our old buddy calling in from beautiful Southern California, Rob Bell. How are you, Rob? I'm doing very well, thank you. Good. And you are driving to a meeting as we speak. I am. <laughs> are you, you're in L.A., though, right? Yes. I'm actually uh, going to be driving Hollywood Hills. Through Beverly Hills, Ooh, by the way. Wow. That's where we're going to be going on this trip. So what, I'll which, point out the scenery as we go. Please do. Which <laughs> hills do you like better, Beverly Hills or the hills of Michigan? Don't well, answer that question. I'm kidding. As far as I know, only one of them exists. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's outstanding. Uh, that's outstanding. <laughs> um, you put out a novel. You just gave it to the world. It's like, hey, I yep. love you, world. Here's this novel. That was yep. nice of you. It's like an exactly. early Christmas present. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you yep. uh, you just for said, free. I'm going to give this to you for free because I'm a nice guy. That was just very generous of you. Well, that wasn't exactly the internal dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what is more fun than giving people a novel out of nowhere for free? Okay. Like, we, you know, I mean, how great is that? It, it was very exciting to see it. And here's the thing, Rob. Like, you, not that I know of, I don't know of any other fiction that you've put out there. And fiction is not the same thing as writing a sermon or nonfiction. And it's actually good. Like, I, I'm, <laughs> I don't mean that to be rude, but I was like, oh, wow, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to laugh through a good chunk of this interview. I'm just warning you. <laughs> So, okay, let, let's do this, the, the internal dialogue that happens whenever you... How long ago did you start writing this thing? Um, I probably had the idea in 2006. Okay. And I had, I had a scene. And I remember just opening up like a word processing document and just, and just writing a couple notes on the scene, which I don't, I don't have any background in this. I don't have any... You know what I mean? I was just like, oh, now that's funny. So and you, then there was a character's name. Then there was another scene. Then all of a sudden I was like, oh, there's a twist here. And then for, for, for two and a half to three years, I just kept, every time I'd have an idea, I would just type it into this one pages document. Uh-huh. I mean, that went on for probably three, maybe even four years. And, and I kept thinking, I swear that's like a novel. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know. How do you write a novel? And then uh, I had a book come out called, called Drops Like Stars. Uh-huh. And the, I wrote Drops Like Stars longhand. 
uh, using just pen and a stack of paper. So that book was written, and the day I finished that book, I started typing this novel. And I wrote it from the fall of 09 to the May of, or no, fall of 08 to the May of 09. So it took a couple, it was, you know, six months, seven months. Yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, okay, my my listeners have heard me talk about this novel that I wrote, which it's never, I'm not even going to give it away for free because people would read it and they'd be like, this is not a gift, this is a curse. But I wrote a novel like two years ago and it, it was so much fun for me to write because it's completely different than the type of normal things that I'm working on. Did you find that to be yeah. your experience as well? Yeah, I, uh, I absolutely loved it. And um, out of that, I have a, yeah, there's a second and a third novel coming. And then I had the chance, yeah. Hold a on, bunch on. of things came out of that, yeah. The, a second and a third no. Yeah, are sitting in my are sitting in my computer. So, yeah, it was like unleashed like a whole different area away. Yeah, it was like, oh my goodness, why do I write this other book? I should just write this stuff. This okay. is so much more fun. It, is <laughs> are they sequels? Are we like the Hunger Games, but for motivational speaking? Is what are yeah. these separate? Yeah, one of them. You know the Chuck Flannel, the one legged character, Chuck Flannel. Uh, yes, great character. One of the um, the sequel follows Chuck Flannel and it's called the original tree hugger. Because <laughs> of those t-shirts that he sells. Yeah, he opens <laughs> a shirt and says the original t-shirt. Yeah, uh, which is outstanding. And so when's and, that? What's the other one? And, the third and one? Chuck, Flannel, Chuck Flannel has this relationship with the president and <laughs> I want to, and what Chuck Flannel has this one story that he tells, which you hear in the novel, you, you, you know when they go to hear him mm-hmm. and he has that thing he does? Yes. Um, with the bagpipe player uh-huh. and the, um, what are you complaining about? You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Yes. The Chuck Flannel has this one thing he does. And so what happens is he does it, but he gets to the point where he's just killing it. He can crush that talk. Mm-hmm. But he realizes I can't just keep giving the same thing for the rest of my life. So he starts branching out and tries other things. And they're all just abominable. <laughs> and so he has this realization, maybe I only have one thing. Maybe I only have one thing. Like You know what I mean? Only one leg, too. So he should only have one talk. Well, right, but maybe I only have one bit of content. Maybe, maybe, and if I keep going out there and crushing it, the comedian Colin Quinn says, you know you're in trouble when you're killing it and you're bored. Hmm. Um, and... So he has to wrestle with the implications of maybe, maybe, um, maybe this was a, a season. And now, so he has to wrestle with the addiction of the stage and all of the cortisol, adrenal issues from the hit you get from being in public and performing. Uh-huh. And maybe this gift that he has to give, he gave it. And now he has something else to do that might not be that. And can you move from one season of life to the next? Or do you just have to draft on things that happened 20 years ago? You know, the pastor who's still telling that same story about college and yes. it's time to move on. So um, I'm uh, so I'm just working through some of so that's sort of what happens to Chuck Flannel. And then, of course, Rooster and Feed, you have that ongoing thing mm-hmm. that could or could not happen. Depends on if Rooster gets it all together. So we'll see. <laughs> so you've created this whole separate world in 
Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's based, based in the glamorous world of motivational speaking. How, but, but like B, B or C level. Like yeah. this isn't the A team. You know what I mean? This is like a little bit, this is a little bit like the JV. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is. This I want is, it, I, it's not glamorous. It's a little like hotel conference room-ish. Yes. Well, it is. So that's, what, that's, that's a very important part of it to me. Where is that? <laughs> well, okay, well, why is it important to you for that that it's like the B level? Um, be, because they're actually, they, they don't have, this is survival. There aren't millions of dollars in the bank. Mm-hmm. Like, this is um, trying to stay, above, stay afloat. This isn't the luxury of, and then I think we'll go do this because our heart feels that way. It's, it's like a very competitive are we going to keep going? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, There's different- I read this great, essentially, I never thought about this. I read this great article one time about a pro bowler, and it might have been GQ, followed a pro bowler for like a week. <laughs> and, and they talked about what it's like to be a pro bowler because no pro bowlers, which is even hard to say, are making bank. You know what I mean? No. You're, you're basically trying to win enough to go on to the next tournament and it just was like exhausting reading the article when when the whole thing is always on the line you know what i mean yeah there's no cushion or margin and i think that's a really compelling that's compelling to me to pursue that yeah story so it's not a good story if someone (laughs) has a very comfortable life that they don't have to do well to keep on paying the bills that's that's not a good story what what was it about motivational speaking that made that an interesting area for you to explore is, I mean, because as a pastor, like, we're obviously doing a very similar thing. We're talking for a living, but it's, but it's different, of course. Yeah, maybe uh, it probably has something to do with if you stand just one or two clicks beside what you're doing, you see a whole bunch of things. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you, you step out of your thing. If you go look at an electrician, you're going to have to look harder to find yourself in an electrician's day. day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But if you look at somebody just one or two or three clicks different than you, you're probably going to see yourself in them a lot quicker. Yeah. Uh, So that's probably just why the novel's parked right there. I think think Stephen Pressfield said this, but he says you write about what you know. And if if you're a plumber, you write a story about plumbing. If you're a speaker, like you have to write that because that's the world you know. And so Mm -hmm. like when, when you're, your guy, his name is V. Eves. How do you pronounce that? It looks like Eves. Good, good, good. Good. Because, because in the novel, there's a discussion about how you pronounce it. And he's really clear about how it could be pronounced. But you, by reading the whole novel, still don't know how to pronounce it, which was one of my goals. <laughs> my goal was that he would be, he would keep saying this is how it's pronounced, but by the end of the book, you'd be fuzzy on it, yeah. the reader. Yeah. And the fact that you asked that question to me is just fantastic. Well, you're, <laughs> I appreciate that you planned a joke in 2008 that came to fruition uh, eight years later, and uh, I appreciate yes. your commitment to that. Yes. So don't answer that question. <laughs> so whatever his name is, I'm going to say Eves with an extra strong V, because that's what I think. And so he's got some of these lines. He says things that as a pastor, you're going like, 
I get that. And there's a line about it's yeah. his job to turn the room around and make it an event, not just something to be endured, which like, yeah, not yeah, maybe yeah. At, at church, but like when you're speaking somewhere, like it's not your church. I get that. And then he has some line that's very like Eucharistic about I'm tired of breaking myself open and pouring myself out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's we get that. We get that. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, um, when he talks about the room is just flat and dead, there isn't much happening. And once again, he has to take it on his shoulders and, and take it somewhere. And uh, you, I'm sure you have that sense um, where you, you have to get up there and make some, you have to turn it and take it somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's, absolutely exhausting at a deep level. If you aren't in a good place, if you're worn down or if you aren't thinking about it in fresh and healthy ways, it can just crush you. And then you have to do it again. And no matter how well it goes, you got to do it again the following week. That can be devastating. Yes. Yes. I've got this uh, whiteboard in my office that has like slats of dry race board and there's 10 of them. And it's like my 10 next sermons I'm preaching. Right. So, so every right. day I'm looking at them like, okay, I've got 10 more. Okay. And so they're always coming up. And every week you erase one and move it to the bottom and start all over again. So yeah, I'm, that's, yeah, that's, and the, I'm sure you have moments when you're, you're three or four weeks, you know what you're going to be doing and you suddenly have the insight or the story or the moment that you realize, Oh, that's it. I've, I've got that one. I still have work to do, but I know it's heart or yes. I know it's soul or, or I know where the bang is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. And so something about that one slat, if you have 10 of them, the third one out is suddenly isn't as heavy yeah. as it was five minutes earlier. And yeah. that feeling like I got one good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah. That's, that's, that's a very real pressure. A lot of people live with. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure people feel that who don't have to preach every Sunday or get to preach every Sunday. They, they feel something similar in their profession, but it's, yeah, there's this, this struggle. And so there's a subplot in the, the story about how uh, our main character's dysfunction gets spread to his devotees, like his followers end up taking on his kind of obsessive lifestyle. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which is, and how Rooster, when they're off the road, Rooster, like, is looking at um, Volkswagen website, <laughs> and he literally doesn't know what to do with himself. No. He's just driving around with that new car smell and, like, going out of his mind. Like, get me, get me the stimulus. Get me the drug. I need my crack. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Rooster, okay, so Rooster's, like, the logistics director, whatever his name. He's, like, the, the wingman for, for our main character. And he's from a small town in eastern Ohio. Now, I went to junior high and high school in Southeast Ohio. And so it was a little too real to me because you kind of make him seem like a guy who has like a no, no career in front of him. And he doesn't, it comes from a family that's kind of discouraged, which is not my family. But, it, and so then he like just jumps on and latches on to this main character and he's going to do oh, it. Oh, and he's so whatever. happy and so excited. Right. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And so, but like the followers take on like the dysfunction of the leader. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, obviously this is something you see in churches too, like where you've got a pastor, whatever his or her strengths are, get basically given to everyone else as well. And I think it's like you have to do the work to take care of yourself so that kind of thing doesn't happen in a very excessive and, and like gross way. 
Yeah, everything is systems. Everything is interdependent systems. And now from quantum physics, we know about quantum entanglement, that we are literally atomically, quantumly entangled with each other. So if you're in, whether it's a family, a work, city, town, I mean, you, you see it everywhere, these systems, when unhealth or toxicity enters the system or is in the leader, it spreads. Mm-hmm. And um, you have whole systems that are built around the pathologies of the leader and everybody dances around this topic and they avoid that topic and they're all fearful of these three things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you think, uh, oh, you use the church. I mean, think about churches, uh, think about churches where like the pastor stands up there and holds up a book and says, whatever you do, don't read this book. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you have, human beings who have driven and walked and gathered in a room and you have these few precious moments to say something that might help liberate them. And you squandered six and a half minutes telling them about something they shouldn't read. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like how deep and dark is that pain you're carrying around that that's what you did? No wonder the place is a wreck. Um, (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so you see that, like, that's a very real problem. And as, as you're writing this book, are you thinking, I want to like tell a story that communicates this, or I just want to tell a story and just let it be the story and whatever happens, happens. Because as someone whose background is as a preacher, like we tell stories, we tell parables because we're making a point. And I I was talking to, um, do you know, James Martin, the guy who used to be like the Colbert chaplain, he, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he put out a book a couple weeks ago with Harper One, and it was his first novel. And I was asking him, like, well, as a, as a preacher, priest, like, do you feel the temptation of wanting to just write a story, or do you feel like as the, the priest-preacher person that you've got to make this a sermon somehow, even if it's a, a story? And so when, when you're writing this, are you thinking, like, I'm trying to make a point, or are you just, hey, I've got a character, I want to see what happens to him? No, all of the, if there's any point, those were... Those were in the wind. Those were secondary. Those were just tell the, just, just follow the story, follow the story. And you know, there's a couple of things like I wanted him to get the Heschel book and think that Heschel was talking about NASA. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I, so I knew that would be a funny, I knew there would be something there. Um, no, so it was just follow the story and yeah, see where it goes. Okay. And, uh, then probably some themes will emerge. Uh, but if it appears as though you're just trying to disguise your sermon, that, does, that isn't very good writing. Yeah, that's, that's not a good thing at all. Of so, course, I mean, there's, there's people who write fiction who are really good at this who could probably have just torn apart my sentence right there with what is the proper way to think about this. I'm just, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I realize there are trained professionals. I'm just stabbing in the dark, but it sure was fun. Yeah, it sure was uh, fun. <laughs> Yeah. When you when you're writing the story, do you have like an actor who's playing the role in your head as you're thinking about who he is, what he would do? Do you have an actor in your head like if this was to turn into a movie that would be someone who could carry the role or play the role? Um No, I didn't. Um I think I do now. Oh, really? No, I didn't at the time. Well, yeah, yeah. If, but, I, if I thought about it, I could probably think of somebody. Who would it be now? If you said now you have someone um, and if you're going to say me, you, if you're going to say me, like, I appreciate that. I know you're just trying to flatter nope, me though. No, nope, 
That never crossed my mind. <laughs> uh, no, I won't say anything. I, I'm not going to say anything. Okay. I have to think about it some more. Okay. All <laughs> right. I'm not going to hold you to that. Well, okay. So you, you write the story. You've got a spinoff. And then, so you, you found yourself, like, this is interesting to you. Do you, Are you still writing more of the fiction? Because I know you've got a nonfiction book that comes out in a, in a couple months, right? Yeah. Yeah. I ha- The next, uh, I have about five right now in my computer. So one comes out in March. Hold on, hold on. And then those will keep coming. So Hold on. You have five total? Or is that, like, so two more fiction and then you have three? No, you're right. Then there's be the fiction too. Yes, yeah, so it would be more than uh, yeah, there's a bunch of books. That's seven. Um, yeah. At one point, do you go like, maybe I have enough books in my computer right now. Maybe we need to kind of calm this thing down. It seems that's a lot of books. That's why That's why one came out a week ago for free. <laughs> <laughs> Was like, I should just make this available. Yeah. And I actually, I think the next one I may do as a serial podcast that like unfolds Ooh. a chapter at a time for a week um, for that very reason. Like we got to get, like, let's share it with people. Let's give it out. Let's okay. see what happens. Okay. How many words? Tell is the, stories. How many words ballpark is the next one? Uh, there is one book sitting in my computer right now. That's a hundred thousand words. Hmm. I know this novel was 64,000 yeah. and it's probably, um, the next one's probably, well, it's probably the same. How many podcasts would yeah. it take you to read that out loud? No, I don't think it would take that many. And, and the, the, the one, I may make it really succinct. It may be um, really, like, spare, like uh, Siddhartha or Alchemist has a, has a very lean punch to it. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, what am I doing? What am I doing? I'm name-checking those. Are you kidding me? Um, but you know what I mean? Like you could go, there's like a version that could go on forever or there's a version that gets you into the story, tells you the story is done. And actually that's why the one is taking a while is because I can't figure out which one, you know, that sermon where you have that story that, you know, just crushes that story is so good, Mm -hmm. but you put 21 minutes before it and nine minutes after it. And it lost a bit of the punch when you're at lunch and you tell it to a friend and there's a seven minute version it's actually the right version. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's definitely. like, uh, that's the question to me is how much is surrounding the story? How much is it padded and filled in? And do you lose some stuff? Like if I give you that person's background, that character's background, yeah, yeah. is their background just make it richer and deeper and funnier and weirder? Or is there a point at which I'm giving you too much background and, I'm losing the punch of why this person is even in this story, mm-hmm. um, which I which I think are really basic to all. Um, a friend of mine's making a TV show right now. And he's like, that's all they're they're just wrestling through. Chop that out, hack that out. That's not needed. But give us a little bit of background on that. But that thing over there, take it out. Too much. Mm. Not, it's not punchy enough. But yeah. this is, I think, across across storytelling mediums. This is sort of the tension, even and especially after you preaching, is you. You realize, oh my word! I put too much stuff around that thing. I needed to create space around it, not fill it with stuff. Yeah, yeah. So even if it's a you know a sixty-five thousand word novel, uh, twenty-five minute sermon, or you're talking about a like a twenty-two minute sitcom, it's still like yeah. There's that. Who said this? But figure out what part in the book people would skip over, 
and cut that out. <laughs> That's all you do. Nice. You just got to cut the part out people don't want to listen to. That's the easy part. Mm-hmm. Good. So you find your, so do you find yourself using like the same sort of like storyboard idea? I don't know if you write sermons that way, but that same sort of discipline of, okay, we're moving a story. This is a narrative. This isn't like three points and then a poem, but this is a movement. And that is kind of the same attitude you take towards writing a novel. That's a great question. I had seen, I would come up with scenes and mm-hmm. I kind of had a sense of where the scene would occur. So I would just put it in the, in the pages document up ahead. You know what I mean? I would just put yeah. that paragraph, but then I just wrote and eventually you'd write up to it and then you'd write through it and then find out what's on the other side and then keep going. So it wasn't, and I knew where it ended and I knew the weird thing that happened before it ended. Uh-huh. So I had a couple of scenes, but then the rest of it was just writing and finding out, like literally typing and going, oh, she drives a Ford pickup. <laughs> Apparently she drives a Ford pickup. Because that's what her dad did. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And it's gold. And it has a vanity plate that mm-hmm. says quality, quality of power. power. Got yeah. it. Yeah. That, that's literally just in the moment discovering that this character uh, is, you know, whatever de- weird details. We found out that Rooster has a Volkswagen. I don't know why that wasn't, you know, in the storyboard. Whereas, like, I'm sure for your sermons, you generally have this, you know where you're headed, you, you have mapped the terrain pretty thoroughly, mm-hmm. in a way. You know what I mean? You're yeah. not like, I, I don't know, in this seven-minute thing, I think I'll just riff. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're like, no, I'm going to talk about X. <laughs> there aren't, like, these gaping holes. Well, like, maybe there are. I mean, some people, there are giant gaping holes, and we all know it. And that's why, well, you know. that's not a good thing, though. <laughs> But like, that's why we're checking our phones. <laughs> yes, yes, because you don't want to have, you don't want that assumption. Yeah. But like, when you sit down to write and you say, "I'm going to put the, the work in every day, and I'm going to write X number of words or spend that much time," like the muse shows up, and the idea of the gold, you know, Ford truck because her dad worked at the factory, it just shows up and it happens. And I think right. I think the same like with sermon writing. Like, if you just do the work, if you you're committed to the discipline of writing. Like some really cool stuff happens when you continue to work at it and just trust that the process works and things show up. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So so this morning I'm driving to work and I'm thinking, I haven't really done any writing. I just made through a transition, new job, getting all set up. And, um, okay, well maybe in January I'll start working on something. I've got something I want to do. And, you know, January I'll work on it because maybe I'll make some time then. And as I'm telling myself that, I'm thinking, I don't have time for this. And then I hear you talk about how many books you've got done and you know, projects you're working on. And it's making me feel bad about my lack of production with my writing. So thank you. Thank you for shaming me. And that makes me feel a little guilty. <laughs> Just spreading the good news. <laughs> <laughs> so you- Actually, it's not, it's not hundreds of hours. It's small, short disciplines. Yeah. So it's not you writing. It's not, I mean, who has seven hours uninterrupted in the world? Um, it's much more interesting if you just take a little crack at it. Every, uh, if five days a week you take a, 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 a half hour crack at it, yeah. you'll have something. You, you, at least for me, it's, it's just a thousand short bursts. And there are seasons where, and there are moments when you, like if there's a deadline or something where you have to, Oh wow, we really have to go like all day here. But that doesn't I I don't I can't work like that. There's no. like a little window in the morning then it closes. So to me it's just the discipline to show up at your desk 
and to be open and to do the work when that window is there. What, however big or small your window is, whatever kids, meetings, budgets, all the thousands of things that you, that we all have going on, it's just those short bursts, but you, they just add up if you're true to it. Yeah. That's they good. add up over time. All of a sudden you have stuff. Um, and it's just the dogged determination to just get your reps in when you can. And it's not some, I mean, some people can go do a mountain cabin for three weeks. I, I can't do that. I was never, I, I would just stare out the window. I wouldn't, you know what I mean? They can <laughs> yeah. just write all day, every day, and all they need is withdraw from the warp and woof of life. Yeah. Uh, it's never worked that way for me. For me, it's always been in, in the everyday slog, just say, being true to it. And it, the work piles up over, over time. Pretty soon you're like, whoa, there's a lot of stuff. Whoa, there's a novel in there <laughs> that I could probably just release. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, let's just do that. Let's get, it, let's get it edited and then let's do it. Let's send it out. See what happens. And we're glad you did that. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll end up on a podcast. Who knows? Uh, that's, a, that's a high goal. <laughs> we don't want to set the bar too high talking uh, about everyone. So great. Okay, so you, I've also seen you've been dropping these videos on YouTube. Like you've got a Rob Bell YouTube channel. You're talking about fear the word evangelical oh yeah yeah are we gonna uh-huh. should we expect more of those is that a new thing that rob's gonna be dropping on the world yeah yeah i got a bunch more ideas mm-hmm. bunch more we were uh yeah yeah we sold a lot we made lots of them mm-hmm. we just kept making them it was like nah and we would literally start going that's like 89 percent there that's like 94 percent there that's like a 72 like we just kept tweaking them and then eventually it started to feel like oh that's what it's supposed to be oh interesting yeah, yeah, that's just a classic case where you just start it. You just make it. You just make it yourself. And you just keep making it, and eventually you're like, yeah, we should probably put this one out. Yeah, there's no grand plan here. You just keep making stuff. You just make things. Like with the novel, like you're just like, hey, I've got this idea. I'm going to write it. Let's do it. See what happens. I just want to do the work. Oh, and goodness gracious. The, the uh, Once in a while, I'll bump into some person who, somebody, God bless them, they are talking about this thing they're going to do. Energy that you spend talking about this thing you're going to do is energy you could spend doing it. Yeah. So just do, just do the work. Just do the work. I could do it. Um, and building yourself up. I don't know if I'm up to it. I don't know. Like the head games, the endless commentary on your own awesomeness or lack of awesomeness. <laughs> That's either the bloated ego or, your, or people beating themselves up about how insufficient they are. None of that matters. Just... Just do the thing that brings you the joy. Make the thing. It's in you. You keep talking about it, so just make it. Hmm. Fantastic. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. the, that's the thing. And no matter what you've made in the past, you still have to figure it out like everybody else. Nobody gets like a shortcut on this. No. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Writing 101 with Rob Bell. Perfect. And, it's, and we get to make things. Like, uh, I mean, for all of your listeners, you you get to create your life and you get to make things. Maybe, maybe it's not books. Maybe it's a nonprofit. Maybe it's kids. Maybe it's a backyard you're landscaping. But you get to actually create a life in which you're building a business, you're building a family, you're remodeling a house. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is unbelievable. Unbelievable that we that we have this sort of capacity as human beings. I just am more in awe of it than ever. It's a gift. I mean, that, that kind of joy is just amazing. It is. Oh, 
That's so oh, good. If so only good. if only so we good. could learn to just live in the moment where we are. We just yeah. we it's like we need a book about that. Maybe that would be the next book we could talk about one day. <laughs> Actually, my next book is about this. I realized I know. Now, as I was saying yeah, that, yeah, there it is. But I was like. I was like, oh, wait, this sounds familiar. Oh, that's right. I'm kind of quoting myself. (laughs) (laughs) How funny. funny. It happened like halfway through the quote. I was like, Rob, I think you've said this before. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, (laughs) let me me give a plug. I know you've got something in January for speakers coming up, uh, like religious people. And I've got a buddy going to it. I know he's excited about it. I would definitely be going to it. I've got a commitment already that I'm doing something in Nashville that day. But... If you are you going to give the little bit that you gave me a couple weeks ago about doing the the preaching run through before you you give your sermon on Sunday at this conference? Do you know sure. who you, you need? Okay. Uh, well, yeah, that'll probably come up and it'll probably come up. Can I? It'll okay. Yeah. Let me tell you everyone how awesome this is. So I happen to be in LA like the week before I start my job, uh, my new job in Austin, and we have lunch, and you tell me about hey, this is what you should do on Thursdays: get a group of five people from your church together, go through your sermon. Practice it with them. Let them give you feedback. And so I said, that's a great idea. So that afternoon, I called my people, and they, they set it up. And the next day, I have the first one. And ever since then, every Thursday, I preached in my sermons because you suggested it. And it is one of the absolute best things I've done at my new job. Highly recommend it. So if you're going to talk about that, anything else like that would be mind-blowing. So please, check out your yeah, conference. Good. The people should go to yours just to hear that. Just do that. And it's well worth their time. Just for that 10 minutes. That's it. Just do that. So, hey, Rob, I know you got to go, but thank you for taking the time to talk with us. People can download this novel. Just go to your site, and uh, yep. you'll send yep. them an email or whatever, and it makes it happen. So they should do that. Yeah, great. Rob, it's been fun, man. It's always a pleasure talking with you. Until <laughs> next time. <laughs> yes, sir. See you, man. Thanks for checking out Newsworthy with Norsworthy. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You are now adjourned.